0: Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Uh, this was a photo during the winter snowstorms that we had here in the Willamette Valley, and uh, I think we did a walk over to campus after the storm had passed. So that's kind of one of the nice things is often when, uh, at least as it is on the West Coast over here, once we have a snow pass or a snow storm pass over, which is rare, really, it seems seems like that afternoon or that next day it clears off the storm passes and there's a there's a lot of clear sky after it which is great often because uh it's tough to photograph snow on trees uh when the sky is white there's not enough contrast there's not enough light to really break apart the colors that we're going to be photographing and so i like that a lot uh, in this photo of an evergreen tree that's coated and draped with a lot of snow a lot of fresh powder that had fallen the night before uh surrounded by a blue sky with a few white puffy clouds in it but uh it was a cool photo to uh to try and take we were over i think uh in one of the forested areas doing a doing a walk uh or i guess like a hike, right? and uh, had the camera with me. Did a bunch of photos from this section. It was a really cool spot. And I guess it's one of those things where it seems like the Willamette Valley only gets snow like this like once every 2 or 3 years. So it was cool to, you know, have uh, have the winter storm come through and enjoy it while we were there. Thanks for listening.
1: You can see more of my work at billynewmanphoto.com. You can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. But I was going to talk about that a little bit. I thought it would be kind of cool to to talk about at least some of the stuff that I know about – uh, some of the stuff sort of around hunting stuff. I don't, I guess I don't really get into a ton of hunting stuff, but, uh, but I was trying to uh, think a little bit about, uh, some notes that I had about finding and scouting out dispersed hunting campsites or dispersed campsites that are, um, that are away from parks, away from state parks and, uh, And sort of those uh those bigger areas that are just kind of wide out open that you can camp in uh and i've been able to find like a number of them over the years it's really cool getting to kind of find those locations that uh, you can kind of keep a memory of their spot and then go back to year over year and these are spots that are cool because they don't offer any facilities or any services, so there's no no water there. You got to bring all your water in. There's no bathroom services. There's no pavement. Probably it's like a pretty dispersed, remote location uh, that you can kind of drive up to. But it's also still connected to a road, so it's not as uh, deep into the backcountry as like uh, a real place that you would go. So for like a lot of hunting stuff, I think what I'd seen in the past and what some of these seem to be set up for is uh, like a hunting party of say four. Four cars, you know, for a, a couple groups of people coming together, uh, and then meeting meeting up for their hunting party, and then having a location where they can have like a big enough base camp where they can have all their equipment, their four cars, and then they can go out on their couple day expeditions or their morning hunt come back to the camp go out on their evening hunt come back to the camp sort of stuff for what it seems like a lot of people in uh in their different locations that they go uh go out on hunting trips and stuff but i was out in the john day river area driving the john day river canyon uh which is like an area well i guess you can probably find it the, the john day river empties out into the columbia river and and then i think kind of is one of the larger river systems, larger uh, river drainages that exist out in eastern Oregon there. Uh, there's a few others that are kind of out there, but I think that's one of the bigger ones that cuts through uh, some of the sections of eastern Oregon. Otherwise, there's like the Deschutes that runs down the east side of the Cascades and drains a couple a of couple other rivers into it before it empties out into the Columbia River, a little closer to like the Mount Hood area. But the the John Day River area is cool. It's out there in eastern Oregon. And uh, that's where I was camping a little bit earlier in July. And as I was driving through, I have that, that map app, that Onyx uh, mapping tool. And I was going through and I was marking locations as I would drive. I really didn't like stay there or stop there or take pictures or something. But I go through and I'd mark these locations as I was driving around for these dispersed uh, campsite locations that I passed. And so that was kind of a good way for me to make a catalog uh, kind of passively as I was driving around but make a catalog of the locations that I might be able to go back to uh, and some of the, the campsites that seemed a little bit more uh, suitable for a day or an overnight kind of trip or a couple of days or something like that. So that's what I was thinking about for for like dispersed hunting campsite locations of uh, some of the stuff that uh, people kind of use. But, uh, but setting up the mapping tools uh, and using, like, the photo geotag service or the, that, that option that's in the, the onex off-road map app or the OnX hunt app uh, works really well. I, I was I was finding it worked really well to, to kind of grab the phone, take a picture when you arrived at a location that was, like, a good hunting camp. But uh, I found, like, probably, like, six or seven on the last uh, two or three trips that I've done just kind of scouting around as I was driving around the, in the, the woods and stuff, you know, places that I didn't end up camping that night. Um, but i thought it would be a pretty reasonable spot to head back to sometime in the future so yeah the john day river uh, area had like a lot of stuff sort of that area i guess between uh like the painted hills around mitchell and there's probably a lot of stuff that goes up that highway t- toward the town of john day but i think i took like a back road that followed the john day river from like the mitchell area up toward clare now which i think is like north of there kind of jumps like to one of the the highways that runs uh, north of there but yeah like now and up and so i kind of took that section and i was trying to mark like a few of those dispersed camping sites that i would find on the sides and uh a lot of these like i was saying like the, there's no services or anything but they're set up on blm land or or national forest land uh, a lot of them i think are blm land i'm not totally sure about that how that goes but uh uh, as this was, yeah, it was like a, uh, like a, just a, well, what am I trying to say about it? What's cool about these dispersed campsites is that, you know, you can set up as much stuff as you want. You can be there pretty much undisturbed the whole time and uh it's cool like i think a lot of these sites are great to camp at during the summer and stuff but uh you can kind of see by the design like how they were set up that they were really laid out uh for hunters coming in in september and october to do like the elk and deer uh, like hunting trips but you can kind of tell that i think by like some of the tools and stuff that are set up or like some of the ways they have their tables um or you see those uh Uh, you see like a branch that's been like nailed in about 10 or 12 feet or 15 feet up in a tree and i think that's where you can like bring in a deer after it's after you get it while you're out hunting you can bring it back and then string it up and then start carving up the meat um while it's like while it's hung up on that. But I think that's like one of the signs that I see a lot. But also it's like I don't know, just whatever they use for their, their fire pit or whatever else they use. Really you're gonna see hunters probably like this week and for the next like month straight if you're out in any of those uh those further eastern Oregon places of people uh set up to do their hunting trip and stuff. But um, there's a couple on and offs between the hunting seasons and stuff for the next couple of weeks. But it's I don't know, it's kinda interesting going out there. And uh I, I remember this time of year like out out in eastern Oregon toward heart Mountain there were like a bunch of hunters that would be set up in different spots uh for like a couple sections after Labor Day. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't totally reckon how many people would be going to certain places uh for hunting season stuff, but I was thinking like, wow, there's a lot of people camping for some time after Labor Day, and you think, oh yeah, this is like this is actually like outdoorsmen that you know, like to go hunting, like to go do stuff into October or into November and uh I was thinking, oh yeah. They're not doing like summer camping trips anymore. They're, you know, <laughs> they're actually doing uh, doing something else out here in the woods. Um, but it's a uh, yeah, it's kind of fun going around checking out stuff and uh, trying to do some scouting for that. It's cool though, you know, one thing I've kind of recognized over the years is uh, it's really tough to like just go out into an area that you don't really know very well and try and find a good campsite and uh, that's why I've, I've kind of started um, well, that's a really a definitely a, a big reason why I've tried to, to start making like a little catalog of locations of good campsites I find while I pass them, um, but also I've been trying to notice that uh, some spots are going to be better than others for different times of the year, so I've been really trying to do a lot of like off-season in scouting where uh, at different times of the year when maybe even i'm not on a camping trip i'm able to kind of scout out a couple different areas and mark some locations or at least like write down or remember that there's a a location that i want to go back to but that helps a lot when you're trying to go out to a campsite or to a a camping area or when your circumstances change like a lot of time i'm camping by myself but it's kind of cool to remember locations that are a little bigger or something or have a little bit a little bit more of a Ease of access. If you're going with like a group of people, that's a little larger, and you want to accommodate a couple of different cars or a couple of different people, um, I was kind of noticing like the difference between like um, like group sites and like uh, kind of like more remote sites that you might go to. And that's sort of something that you're going to notice out there too. These kind of these bigger group sites where it seems like you could almost have like a horse camp or something. I've seen that as a as an option out there too. It's kind of strange when you go out. You know, there's like kind of regular camps. It seems like you could set up, and then there's like a camp with a with a corral built into the campsite and it seems like it's made from timber that was cut and processed. You know, they just like cut down a tree right there and then split it and then made a corral out of it to keep their horses for their horse camp that they had for, you know, some hunting thing that they're up to or some outdoors thing they were up to. But it seems like a lot of these places are like big enough to like bring in an ATV or you know, they have like a quad or something like that. But it seems like there's kind of like a big Uh, circled out area and then otherwise there's like different locations that uh, are kind of like more for like high clearance trucks or you know like some kind of four uh, four four-wheel drive location that's a little bit further where you can kind of get back a little ways into the what would kind of be the back country or you know into an un uh, closer to a wilderness area and then you can take that and then jump back further and uh do some hunting in an area that you'd, uh, maybe scouted out earlier in the year. But for me, like I don't really hunt or do any of that stuff. I'm just out kind of hunting for pictures, um, and hunting for good campsites and stuff. So that's kind of what's been fun about that. And going through the John Day river area up there, there was a lot of stuff that, uh, that bordered like some BLM land that stretched up a hill. And I guess that area is like, a, a uh, one of the, uh, one of the drainages that, I, that, that people go to for a lot of elk hunting, um, and I hear it's known for that or, you know, known for some pretty big elk that they're able to to get out of that area, which is kind of it's kind of cool. It'd be fun. It'd be fun to see some elk out there. I've only seen a couple elk and most of the time I just see the female elk. I don't think I've really ever seen like a big bull elk out there in the woods. That'd be kind of fun. But I've had a good time Yeah, getting out to go. To uh, some of those dispersed camping sites and stuff. There's yeah, some out in deep eastern Oregon by like Hart Mountain that I've always really liked. Um, there's a lot in kind of that eastern Oregon section when you get out there. But what I've noticed though is a lot of the stuff in the national forest section of, uh, say like the Cascades, it seemed like pretty pretty well populated. And it's kind of harder to find good spots up there. You can you can find like you know, little pull-outs and dead end roads and stuff. But uh, but as it goes for like uh, just kind of big free Uh, dispersed campsite sections it's uh, a little bit harder to find it's it's a little more organized out in those locations that's what's cool about some of the blm stuff and some of the high desert location stuff is it's just it's just kind of wide open you're just you know sort of driving around you take some little dinky road off to the side and then you're at a cool fire pit and a big juniper tree and uh, it looks like people have been camping there forever, you know so it 's it 's cool that you can kind of find some stuff like that and i've i 've had a good time going out to Eastern Oregon to find some stuff like that for myself. Um so I wanna get out there and, and uh try and go camping at some of those uh some of the spots. I know like I'm kinda of competing with the hunting season like I was saying, but but even still, yeah, I wanna jump out there and uh try and do some fall camping. That's really like one of the best times of year to go out there. I really like the springtime, like even the early springtime, like late March and April while it's uh, still pretty cold. If you can if you can gear up for it, it's really a cool time to be out there because you have uh, so much uh, like texture and weather in the sky and in the clouds. Uh, that it, it kind of keeps the terrain pretty interesting it can be pretty miserable you know if, if the weather's totally turned on yet but uh, as it goes for a lot of it, it it really is kind of like a cool time to be out there in the summertime it'll even by like may or uh, a little into june for sure it just gets so hot that it's kind of tough to be out just kind of wandering around or hiking around in the, in the daytime uh, so it kind of cuts down on the amount of, of just kind of trekking around or wandering or poking around stuff that you could do. You could probably do something from your truck or something, but it's it's a little more fun to get out there and uh, hike around, check some stuff out. So it seems like uh, the fall, like when the temperatures are down a little bit, you have a little bit better opportunity to do that. And then early in the springtime. Uh, but I think the fall is my favorite time to be out there when you're, you're watching the, the aspen trees kind of turn from green to yellow to orange and get a lot of color out there and uh, some of those... Uh, some of those aspen grubs that grow out in eastern oregon so i want to try and go out there and get some photographs of it as the seasons start to change and the colors come on in the trees um i get i bet there's going to be some nice days and stuff out there and it seems like some of the trees are already starting to turn a little bit like i was saying in that last podcast i'm seeing a lot of uh a lot of trees kind of start to get that late late summer early fall tinge to them where it looks like they're about to about to turn over and uh get brown and begin fall, begin autumn and stuff. So it's uh, going to come on pretty fast. It's already with the, yeah, like the second week of September. You can check out more information at com. You can go to BillyNewmanPhoto.com forward slash support. If you want to help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with, if uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that I was talking about, You're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it. If you're interested or or feel more comfortable using Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash billynewmanphoto. A couple of things I wanted to talk about were some Mac apps today. I've been uh, trying to sort of set up my uh, my MacBook to be, uh, um, I guess configured with a few more utilities and a few more pieces of software that make it uh, a little more functional for me. Uh, so I wanted to try and talk about those a little bit today, but one of them was iStat Menus. It was this application that uh, I'd heard about maybe over a year ago. I'd, I'd been using it a lot when I was trying to render some 360 footage and, uh, and a lot more like video footage. I was just using my computer like the whole day to do that. Um, and so this program, iStat Menus, is really good for uh, adding in a bunch of information, like a bunch of system information, to your computer right at the at the top of the um, what's that bar at the top? You know, with like the Apple menu and your time and your clock and stuff. Right up there, like you get a bunch of uh, a bunch of information about like your disk space, your network uh, speeds, uploads and downloads, your CPU and GPU. It's pretty interesting. I like to get to check it out, and kind of with it, you have a bunch of graphs that sort of indicate uh, when or how much how much you know of the system is going toward that task at that time. So right now, I'm doing an upload to Amazon Photos to try and get a, a backup of all my images up there, and I'm looking at the network monitor, and it's, so it's showing me like a, a history of my network upload speeds over the last 24 hours, and I see like there's a big dip. Before like 5 a.m. while it was running overnight, and then now it's back up like to maybe 3x what it was before. So it's kind of interesting. You kind of monitor like how how your speeds are and that sort of thing. When I was rend- rendering video out, it was cool because you could see like the, the temperature sens- sensors inside of the computer, and in addition to that, you could see like the hard drive space that was left on each of your drives, including your externals, and you could see how fast the CPU and GPU were working. Um, so I've been using this app a lot for kind of the system process uh, monitoring stuff it's cool i've been uh, enjoying it it's kind of fun to to get used to in addition to that another one that i'm checking out is probably one that a lot of people have heard of before but i think it's called magnet
0: yeah magnet i
1: think and it it, uh, sort of reproduces the functionality that you get i think starting back in windows 7 where if you pull a window to the edge of the screen it'll sort of snap to the edge of that side of the screen or it'll, or it'll snap to be a split pane window. It's kind of interesting how it works, but I like, I like how it works on windows and I am, have been sort of frustrated in the past that uh, I don't have that kind of that utility in the Mac OS uh, system. So I, you know, it's just windows are sort of built to kind of float all over each other. And I did kind of like that part of, of windows or, you know, back in my experience of working in windows, which isn't the way I work with a computer now. I have like seven windows up right now on the, on Windows, I would really always go to you know a full screen application almost all the time, uh, so it's kind of interesting how that that workflow sort right? of changes over time. What else am I working on? Oh, Amazon Photos. That was another one that um, I guess I'm I'm kind of going through right now. Sort of uh, lean into a, another side of it, but I've been using Amazon Photos for a while and the Amazon Drive system uh, to to have some backups or or not even really backups for the photos, backups of the photos I suppose because it's the DNGs. And it is the JPEG images. I think you can put video up there also, but that takes up uh, paid storage space. So uh, for photos, you can put as many photos up on the cloud as you want with your Prime membership. And I think I put like probably almost a 100 gigs of photos up there. So it's cool. You do have access to all of your images in that, in that library of images that you have online. Like I can pull it up on my phone in an app and i can pull it up you know on the web or in a few other places so it just gives me an accessibility to my images that i hadn't really had before uh, to every image in that way, at least. So that's kind of cool that, you know, I do see that I have access to all of those photographs. Bigger than that, I really need to go through and make uh, more functional collections of, you know, smaller sections of that so that I have uh, just a lot of the photos I would need to use set up in and, and a high-quality system that are more accessible to me. That's still that's still a little piece that uh, that isn't really quite as tight as I would like it within my photo business, but I've been using Amazon Photos to make a backup of everything. Almost everything's already there, but it kind of incrementally, you know, like as you go, you need to get all the new stuff up there. So I'm trying to uh, put up a bunch of the stuff that I've had for the last couple months when uh, I haven't really been as able to put a sync backup to the Amazon Photos uh, cloud backup. The cool thing is, though, is I'm, I'm trying to work with iCloud a little more in addition to that. And so I've been setting up the iCloud uh, well, I put it in finder so I can access my iCloud data there in finder from multiple computers and from my phone, which is cool. But on my phone and my files app, I was going in there and I put in, uh, since I have like the Amazon drive application on my phone, I had my files application sort of show that. I can go to my Amazon Photos files there from my phone. So without even going to the Amazon Photos application, just from my files app, I can go through and browse all of those photo folders on the cloud and then pull up and view those images. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, or it was just interesting to see, like, well, yeah, I can jump to each of, or you know, any data photos that I want back in time because they're all backed up now and, and more accessible. So um, so I think it's pretty cool. It's a, it's f- a free service when you pay uh, for a Prime membership. So I, I guess the proper way to say it is it is, uh, it is a premium service that is included with your Prime membership, uh, which seems to be pretty valuable a lot of the time. I, I like that the Amazon Cloud Services and Cloud Storage Services which I'm trying to get a little more into, like I was mentioned. I think it's, I think it's eleven or you know twelve bucks a year for 100 gigabytes of storage space on Amazon Drive.
0: Thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast.
1: Hope you guys check out some stuff on BillyNewmanPhoto.com. A few new things up there. Some stuff on the homepage. Some good links to other other outbound sources some some links to books some links to some podcasts links to some blog posts all pretty cool but yeah check it out at com. thanks
0: a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast talk to you next time